0: Hello and welcome to this Clifford Chance podcast on the role of fintech in the future of debt capital markets. For those that don't know me, I'm Alex Tollest. I'm a counsel in our global financial markets practice and I specialise in the crossover between capital markets and fintech and I'll be hosting today's episode. The debt capital markets are seen as a low risk route for corporates, financial institutions and sovereigns seeking to raise capital and investors seeking fixed income investments. In recent times, Innovation has been rife in the debt capital markets, but more in terms of ESG, where various products have burst onto the market, such as today's sustainability-linked bonds. There has, however, been an increasing awareness of the role that technology can play in making the debt capital markets more efficient. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at a few examples of the technological innovations that are likely to have greater prominence in the years to come, namely digital bonds, digital cash, and more briefly, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence. It's at this point that I'd like to bring in my three guests. So today I'm joined by Christopher Wallace, an assistant general counsel and director, Bank of America.
1: Hi, Alex. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks, Chris. Uh, Rowan Barrell, who's an associate in the fintech and digitalization team at the International Capital Markets Association.
2: Hi, Alex. Thanks for hosting.
0: And finally, Paula Redondo-Pereira, who's the head of regulatory affairs at the Luxembourg Stock Exchange.
3: Hello, Alex. Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Paula. So, Chris, let's start with you. Um, perhaps you can tell us uh, about what got you interested in FinTech.
1: Sure. So, my interest in FinTech started really when looking at the European market data landscape for bonds, where although there's a lot of data, its utility is compromised by fragmentation. And I think FinTech offers us a really powerful tool for centralizing, for consolidating all of that data and providing investors with essential information about pricing and about liquidity. But I'm also fascinated by the development of digital bonds, particularly given the involvement of institutions like the World Bank and the European Investment Bank, which because of their their sheer size, their sheer borrowing capacity have got the ability to to shape the evolution of capital markets.
0: Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, Rowan, you specialise in fintech and digitization for ICMA. Um, What's the work that ICMA is doing in this area?
2: So, ICMA looks to promote well-functioning cross-border debt capital markets and one of the main methods for achieving this is through development of market standards and best practices. Our fintech work is no different, where there's a clear role to play for these foundations uh, in actually enabling innovation, and at the same time, reducing the risk of fragmentation, whether it be the Common Data Dictionary Initiative on building consensus how to represent bond info in the primary issuance process, or industry guidelines on bond pricing distribution in the secondary markets, the work on extending the common domain model for repo and bonds, essentially creating machine-readable and executable best practice in the form of code, or the DLT Bonds Working Group, looking at how to support liquidity and the development of the DLT Bonds market. So they're some of the key initiatives we're running right now.
0: Thanks, Rowan. And Paula, you work for Luxembourg Stock Exchange. Uh, To what extent is fintech relevant to your business?
3: Thank you, Alex. Well, let me start by saying that Stock exchanges are fintech companies by nature. Actually, we need to be at the forefront of technological advancements and adapt to them. Fintech essentially refers to the use of -of state-of-the-art information technology to innovate financial services. Examples of those technologies are robotic process automation, machine learning, big data management. As a market uh, infrastructure, we know very well that the way securities are listed, issued, issued, listed, traded and settled is changing significantly. So, replying to your question, I would say that fintech is extremely relevant to our business. Um, Stock exchanges have always been early adopters of technological innovation because we are in a very competitive business where every second counts. Applications of DLT, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data analytics, or cloud computing have significant potential to impact the life cycle of bonds, from issuance, trading to settlement, and impact the functioning of financial uh, markets. I must say that the potential opportunities offered by the DLT resulted in an increase of interest from the financial sector. So in practice, how does it work? Well, stock exchanges can improve efficiency and attractiveness of the debt capital markets for issuers and investors in several ways. First, automating uh, and integrating the bond issuance. Secondly, facilitating disclosure by issuers through product and services and facilitating investor access and visibility. So all in all, fintech is in the core and an essential part of our business.
0: Thank you, Paula. Um, Now, Chris, you mentioned your interest in digital bonds, which are getting more and more attention these days. Um, What are digital bonds and what's innovative about them?
1: Well, if you're looking for a a legal definition, then you can can borrow somewhat from the the text of the EU's DLT pilot regime and say that a digital bond is one issued, recorded, transferred and stored using some type of distributed ledger technology. But but actually, at the moment, there's, there's not much consistency around the use of terminology. And you'll certainly hear terms like blockchain bonds, DLT bonds and digital bonds all used interchangeably. So I think that for now, at least, digital bonds should just be understood in a loose sense as a bond with a digital component. For example, the use of blockchain to record ownership. And the the innovation, the, the, the main elements relate to uh, three different areas, speed of settlement, uh, disintermediation and transparency or traceability. So taking those briefly in turn, On settlement speed, digital bonds make it possible to have faster, uh, much faster, or even instantaneous settlement, with consequent reduction in settlement risk. Uh, Disintermediation denotes the elimination of some of the roles played by um, the various intermediaries who sit somewhere between the two key players, the issuer and the end investor. So if you take the landmark 2021 European Investment Bank digital issuance as an example, that transaction has no central securities depository. But in theory, it's also possible to eliminate or or perhaps just reduce the role of other intermediaries, such as paying agents. Although having said all that, as the market develops, there may be uh, elements of re-intermediation along the way. By transparency or traceability, we mean the ability to see key data about market, market activity in real time. So, for example, Certain details of every transaction in the EIB bond I just mentioned, which used the Ethereum blockchain to record ownership, are made public. And those details include the timestamp and size of every single trade in the bond, as well as the public address of each holder, which appears as a, a random string of characters, but which the registrar can tie to the real world identity of each holder. So, this type of transparency, although it excludes the executed price, is obviously very useful for issuers. investors and for a variety of other stakeholders as well.
0: Thanks, Chris. Now, Ren, I know that ICMU's has done a lot of work on digital bonds with various working groups in place and other initiatives. Is there anything you'd like to add to Chris's answer?
2: Yes, thanks, Alex. So we've been following the the use of DLT in bond markets for a few years now, and there's been pretty clear acceleration in the last two years, especially. And even in the last few months, it's um, It seems like not even a week goes by without another announcement of a DLT issuance or a new tokenization platform or more cross-cutting developments like cross-border payment proof of concepts. Clearly, there looks to be a serious interest in the market wanting to better understand the technology. And of course, questions around regulatory certainty have grown with various DLT and electronic securities bills at the national level anyway across the eu but i I couldn't agree more with chris on the mix of terms used still when it comes to dlt or blockchain or digital bonds and this has been one of the topics covered in the faqs published by the dlt bonds working group and to go one step further from terminology moving from innovation to mainstream use really requires bridging of knowledge to the wider market so how do dlt bonds fit in the current landscape how do they change the current issuance and lifecycle processes part of the work here is demystifying the who what when where why and how of dlt bonds and then of course there's the wider discussion that we're having with the market in terms of what best practices or guidance could support interoperability and liquidity here
0: Thanks. Thanks, Rowan. So, Paula, yes, um, Rowan mentioned liquidity and, and that is one of the issues, because due to regulatory constraints, digital bonds can't currently be missed to trading um, uh, in Europe. Um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the efforts the Luxembourg Stock Exchange to boost the liquidity of digital bonds.
3: Indeed. Uh, current regulatory constraints in Europe, uh, in particular the Central Securities uh, Depositories Regulation, or CSDR mean that bonds issued uh, using DLT cannot be admitted to trading on MIFID II regulated trading venues, either regulated market, MTFs. At the same time, DLT bonds that meet certain quality criteria can benefit from enhanced visibility through an official listing on a stock exchange. To this end, we have opened um, LexSC Securities' official list, what we call SOL to debt financial instruments issued by experienced issuers with a track record. The review process, like all our processes, is designed to be efficient and not unnecessarily burdensome for issuers. And so SOL provides enhanced visibility to DLT bonds and facilitates the dissemination of indicative prices and securities data for these instruments.
0: Thanks, Paula. So perhaps this is a good time to talk about the EU pilot regime and the UK FMI sandbox. Um, some of you might have heard uh, the podcast we recorded on the EU pilot regime, um, but at its most simple, it, it's really part of the EU's drive to lead from the front in terms of the use of DLT and digitalization in finance. Under the regime, applicants will be able to apply to temporarily disapply certain European financial institution which has been deemed incompatible with the use of DLT. Um, And this is in order to provide issuance and post-issuance services, particularly trading and settlement, through DLT-based market infrastructures. Um, Rowan, I know you've been following the, the UK equivalent, the FMI sandbox. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about that?
2: Sure, I'll keep it brief, but essentially the UK FMI, the financial market infrastructure sandbox proposal uh, introduced by the financial services and markets bill in July this year can essentially be considered the UK equivalent, as you mentioned, of the EU's DLT pilot regime. Uh, however, key elements such as the scope of financial instruments, the thresholds for issuance and recording, eligibility criteria and duration. Among other points, uh, are to be set out by HM Treasury. Uh, and we're expecting a consult- consultation on HMT's proposed sandbox design early next year, ahead of sandbox go live later in 2023. But the end result, really, of these exercises is to ensure regulation is tech neutral and principles based.
0: Thanks, Ryan. So- Chris, as you know, resolving liquidity issues isn't the only barrier to creating an established market for digital bonds. Um, Corporate bonds themselves aren't particularly seen as liquid instruments. Um, What other factors do you think might be decisive in the development of the market?
1: I I, I think the availability of digital cash is going to be crucial for realising the potential, the, the full potential of digital bonds. And that's because digital ca- cash allows for so-called atomic settlement i.e. where cash and securities exist on the same digital ledger or even on two interconnected ledgers then settlement can be instantaneous Now that's clearly quite a change from the existing European settlement cycle which is typically t plus two business days for corporate bonds but digital cash is also programmable which means that some actions that happen during a bond's life cycle like coupon payments can be pre-programmed, so they occur automatically. And here it's interesting to note that EU authorities are sufficiently interested about not just digital bonds, but digital cash, that within the pilot regime we've just been talking about, central bank digital currency or CBDC can be used for settlement, or even where there's no CBDC available, other forms of digital cash like stable coins can be used. So the context is important here. And the context is that this is a, the pilot regime is a time limited Supervised an experimental regime with a limited scale. But it's nonetheless really interesting to see that this type of financial innovation is being encouraged by EU regulation. And it's also worth saying that we've seen a lot of experimentation with CBDC already. So for example, the EIB digital issuance included a digital euro, which was specifically created for the transaction by the French central bank. And although in that case, it only existed on an intraday basis. And so if you're um, an investor in the secondary markets, then you, you would buy this bond using fiat currency in the normal way. But it underlined along with many other experiments, um, many other central bank pilot schemes, the potential of digital cash in a security settlement context.
0: So, Rowan, just to pick up on on, on CBDC, because I know that you've been looking at it a lot in, in the context of, of your ICMA activities. What aspects of, of CBDC have we been looking at and, and how far off do you think we are um, from the introduction of CBDC in Europe?
2: Let, let me start with the first point, then maybe I can loop back to the second forward-looking perspective. But essentially, Cash on Ledger has been one of the missing pieces of the puzzle since dis- discussions around DLT securities started. Of course, uh, cryptocurrencies are there, but it's probably unlikely financial institutions will be willing and able to use these to settle transactions. It may add some risk into the transaction itself. Uh, but then there are the interim solutions seen in most pilots to date whether it be the commercial bank tokenized money or e-money stable coins or potential bridges between dlt and current target systems but they all have weaknesses in the end either they don't allow for making use of all the advantages of dlt or they introduce other risks to the process such as counterparty credit or liquidity risks so Of of course, uh, the pilots involving Bank de France with CBDC, as Chris mentioned, are are really interesting, uh, looking at what could be possible if scaled up. Uh, But at the end of the day, we see a digital central bank money uh, available as a native digital asset should be considered the cornerstone to support the DLT environment from wholesale payments, security settlement and collateral management, for example. So to try and tackle the the forward-looking question angle of your question. An important next step, I think, will be for further central bank and industry collaboration on design and governance considerations and what an operating model of a wholesale CBDC would look like. Uh, and work in these areas is quickly evolving. Looking back over the last month, just even uh, there have been quite a few announcements, uh, lots of BIS projects um, ongoing with Bridge, Mariana, Tourbillon, uh, the New York Fed and Maz's work in Singapore on Project Cedar and Ubin, uh, and of course mentioned before the Bank de France, but also the Swiss National Bank have already conducted uh, wholesale CBDC experiments too. So uh, I'm unsure how far off a Euro CBDC could be, but the market, I guess, essentially really needs clarity on the next steps for how they allocate resources and making sure uh, the business development models are aligned with the digital currency landscape to come.
0: Thanks, Rowan. Well, I think this is a a good time to talk about two other fintech innovations, um, namely quantum computing and artificial intelligence, and their relevance to debt capital markets. So Mr Kapasi, Adikma and I have been looking at the potential implications of quantum computing in debt capital markets and watch this space in relation to the end product of of that work. Um, But in short, the fact that quantum computers operate on the basis of qubits rather than bits used by ordinary computers means that they can do things quicker um, than ordinary computers can. And importantly, they can run a number of simultaneous simulations um, in a way that ordinary computers can't. So in concrete terms, in debt capital markets, quantum computers could lead to more accurate and closer to real-time pricing of debt security instruments, improved portfolio distribution, improved risk and data analysis, higher higher performing algo trading and a more streamlined settlement process. Artificial intelligence, which is driven by the increasing availability of data and computing power, may also have a big impact on debt capital markets. Its use cases include risk management, for example, AI could be used to generate early warnings of potential issuer defaults, speedier AML or KYC checks, which could in theory become fully automated, algo trading and the prediction of market movements, and like quantum computing, the optimization of portfolio management. Now, this is all a while off, Um, But I suppose the key takeaway for you is that whilst the focus today in terms of fintech might be on DLT and blockchain, tomorrow it might be on other things. Uh, Fintech doesn't and won't stand still. It's probably even impossible to predict what new technologies will be used in finance in 20 years time, for example. So Paula, to bring us back down to earth, um, and of course we can't have a clever chance podcast without talking about the law. Would you mind telling us what's being done in the EU and on a more local level to regulate the use of these new technologies in the debt capital markets?
3: Sure. So the EU has uh, undertaken a series of legislative efforts to regulate the use of new technologies in debt capital markets. Some fintech innovations require regulatory change. DLT is a good example. Other innovations do not require major changes. Automation of bonds issuance is a good example. Most importantly, at the EU level, I would um, highlight first, as you mentioned, the adoption of the regulation on DLT pilot regime, which basically uh, allows certain regulated entities to set up market infrastructures for DLT financial instruments, while providing some exemptions from existing regimes, including MIFI-2, CSDR. It also updates MIFI-2 by clarifying that financial instruments can be issued with DLT. Secondly, um, I uh, would like to mention the Agreement on uh, Markets in Crypto Assets Regulation, the so-called MICA. Uh, MICA makes two important contributions. First, it clarifies that crypto assets that fall under existing EU financial services legislation should remain regulated under the existing regulatory framework, regardless of the technology used for their issuance or their transfer, such as those that qualify as financial instruments under MIFID II. And secondly, for all other crypto assets, Mika provides an authorization regime for service providers of those uh, crypto assets. It also um, includes protection for consumers and rules uh, regarding stablecoins. At a local level, um, I can share that Luxembourg has three important frameworks allowing for the use um, of DLT uh, in debt capital markets, what we call Blockchain Laws 1, 2 and 3. In a nutshell, um, Blockchain Law 1, adopted in uh, 2019, uh, that clarifies that uh, account-keeping uh, institutions such as uh, banks could provide securities accounts with um, distributed ledger technology. Blockchain Law 2, adopted in 2021, amends the law on dematerialized securities, provided that issuance accounts for dematerialized securities may be kept using DLT, and allows credit institutions and investment firms to act as account keeper for debt securities. Blockchain Law 3, which is still being finalized, amends the financial sector law in Luxembourg by extending the definition of financial instruments, to include DLT-based instruments following the EU DLT pilot regime. And it amends the law on financial collateral arrangements by including distributed electronic registers or databases into the notion of book entry securities. Um, in addition, CSSF has uh, actually provided very useful clar- clarification to market participants uh, by means of circulars and uh, q and um, on the use of DLT.
0: Thank you, Paula. And and obviously, Luxembourg isn't the only jurisdiction in Europe to have uh, advanced um, uh, legislative framework for DRT securities. I think um, Germany and France are very good examples. And also we've seen in in Spain um, some big strides being made at the moment. So um, unfortunately, that brings us to our final question, um, which is what impact do you think that fintech will have on debt capital markets in the next few years? So perhaps, Chris, you could go first.
1: Um, Well, I think it's it's certainly a really interesting time for the digital bond market. I think um, I'm wary of making predictions, but I think a reasonably safe one is that we'll see more and more digital issuance, um, including from leading multilateral institutions. But a key key question will be, and I I, I confess I'm slightly ducking your question by posing one of my own, but I think a key question will be what digital cash solutions are available and in particular what private forms of digital cash will be not just available, but acceptable to market participants for use during the DLT pilot regime. And and the reason I flag that is just because by the time that regime goes live in March 2023, we're very unlikely to have a central bank digital currency. So that's something I'll be watching very closely.
0: Thank you, Chris. And Rowan?
2: So I'm not sure if or when desks will be picking up their VR or augmented reality headsets to join a metaverse DLT bond marketplace, but um, (laughs) focusing on one item on what I think we will see is the continued trend on the greater use of data. The capacity to leverage data, though, as we all know, depends on its quality and only with high quality data will we see greater efficiencies and business opportunities and This really comes back to those best practices and common standards as a foundational element to realise this potential.
0: Thanks, Rowan. And finally, Paula, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I think that the sky is not the limit. I will leave you with uh, three main uh, thoughts. Um, The first is fintech will be uh, adopted by large institutions, uh, leading to a scaling up of fintech driven markets. Uh, well, an example, the launch of a digital assets custody platform by BNY Mellon last October, is a, a very interesting example. Secondly, fintech will enable debt capital markets to integrate more seamlessly with other markets, such as financial, uh, sustainable finance, which actually is very relevant for the Luxembourg Stock Exchange and Luxembourg Green Exchange. I can give you an example. A couple of years ago, IFC has issued bonds that give investors the right to acquire either cash or carbon credit coupons. This was an innovative bond to protect forests and deepen carbon credit markets. Finally, uh, fintech may stimulate the participation of retail investors. And here, the long-awaited European Commission retail investment strategy may further guide this growth. All in all, I think fintech should help the market to grow and avoid creating hurdles and unintended consequences.
0: Thank you, Paula. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Um, A big thank you to each of our guests, Chris, Rowan and Paula. It's been a
1: pleasure, Alex. Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks, Alex.
3: Thanks, Alex. It was a pleasure.
0: If you're interested in fintech and debt capital markets more generally, please reach out to us here at Clifford Chance or contact me on LinkedIn. You've been listening to a Clifford Chance podcast. Goodbye. The content of this podcast does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. Specific legal advice about your specific circumstances should always be sought separately before taking any action.